Good morning, world. It's your boy Mo, aka the Hoop Genius, alongside BJ Armstrong, the legend, the NBA champion, the agent extraordinaire, the point guard guru, coming at you live on your airways, bringing you your daily dose of NBA updates. BJ, how are you this evening for you and morning for me? It's 7 a.m. here in the UK, 11 p.m. over there in LA. How have you been? It's been a crazy night of NBA action, as always. Crazy, crazy night of NBA action. And we got a chance for 24 hours now to live in the glory and greatness of John Morant. <laughs> we just refer to it now as simply the block. Listen, that, that, well, LeBron blocking Iguodala in the finals is known as the block. This athletically was way more impressive. I don't know in terms of impact in the game, but. This was crazy. Oh. Now, I must have watched this play maybe 50, 60 times. I can't figure it out. How can he jump so high, block the ball with both hands to the points where he's like, we're not far away from John Wright just touching the top of the backboard with ease every time he wants. It's blowing my mind. Hey, it, it blew your mind. It, it blew my mind. It happened right here in LA. And it was just incredible, just an incredible play. The timing of the play to me was just amazing. I mean, he met the ball, ran him down, but he just made it look so easy. Mo. It was like he did it casually. You know, he just kind of, yep. you know, I'm going to let you get in front of me. I'm going to let you think you have a layup. But Avery Bradley, no, I'm here. And it's like, when you have that chase down block mastered, like LeBron James, everyone knows, has the chase down block mastered. So now, when teams are fast breaking and LeBron James is on defense, players don't want to take those layups. The amount of times I see guys pass up layups because they know LeBron James is behind them and they don't want to get that shit swired, end up on the highlight reel. We're going to start seeing that with the, with, with John Rant. We're going to see a John Rant effect starting to take place. Teams are going to be getting more and more scared with that and and one thing we didn't get to talk about yesterday, if you didn't see yesterday's show, it was an amazing episode. We had Ethan Strauss join us, um, yes. a famous author, famous writer. I really appreciate him taking the time to come on. But one thing we didn't get to discuss yesterday was the young Grizzlies talking ish to the broad. I, I just realized it's my show, so I can say whatever words I want. The young Grizzlies talking ish to the broad James. I'm sorry if you guys have got kids in the car while you're listening to this. Uncle Mo apologizes. That's a bad word. But for the rest of you, the Grizzlies were talking their talk against LeBron James, and LeBron James weren't too happy about it. Now I love seeing the young, the young team talking their talk, playing with confidence, playing with source, playing with style and charisma. What'd you make of that, BJ? Well, you know, it's funny you said that, Mo. I was talking to some of the old heads, and we were talking about that last night, that very thing when the young guys start to talk trash to you. <laughs> and we all said the following. That was a sign for us to retire. <laughs> we were laughing about it. <laughs> you know, you lose your patience. And, you know, we all, we've all been there. When the young guys start to talk their talk. And we all laughed and chuckled and said, that's when we knew it was time. Our time was ticking. Our time was coming to an end. Now, I don't know what this means for LeBron. It's a different era. But, you know, it was funny you said that. We we actually sent the video, passed around in a little group chat. 
you know, some of these guys are Hall of Famers who shall remain anonymous, you know, here not to be, you know, you know, dropping names. But we were laughing about that very thing. <laughs> we're saying we're starting to see him getting into more and more altercations with these younger players. And we were all young, too. So it, it was like a little funny thing. It's funny to hear you say it as well. You know, a lot of executives around the league say the Grizzlies talk more this than any other team out there which is rare because, you know, you would expect it from older players and the Draymonds of the world, but it's actually the Grizzlies that, you know, are coming through and talking their talk. And I'm here for it, man. I'm, especially when you're playing the way they're playing. What are they, what, nine games undefeated now? I'm really here for it. So, you know, they're up to fourth, exceeded all expectations, doing their thing in the West, putting teams on notice yes. and guys like, Desmond Bain, underdog story. I love what's happening with him. I was reading a, a story from him yesterday about, you know, how he's personally offended about every single team that didn't draft him because he fell down to 30th in the right. draft. And, you know, that little chip on his shoulder that's really making him go hard and do what he's doing. So, you know, I love what I'm seeing from the Grizzlies. Um, for LeBron, I always thought it was an advantage that, you know, everyone who comes into the league sees him as an idol and they've been looking up to him his whole life and he had a psychological edge. The same way Michael Jordan had an edge over people because they're all wearing his shoes and they all want to be like Mike. But now we're starting to see these guys come in and say, hey, listen, I don't care about none of that, LeBron. Let's let's, let's play. So I'm here for it. The Grizzlies are on top of the world. We're going to flip to the other end of the spectrum to yes. a team that has fallen below expectations, to a team that had their fans going wild and the fans were talking their talk famously mm. in the playoffs last season before losing and famously at the start of this season. And they're still talking, but the fans are not happy. The fans at Madison Square Garden, mm. the New York Knicks, bing bong. Yeah. Bing bong. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about it, Mo. Forget about <laughs> it. <laughs> you got a message for Joe Byron? They're not happy. Now, Julius Randle ain't taking too well to this. They were booing the Knicks. They were booing Julius Randle the other day. Bearing in mind the Knicks, who were the fourth seed last season, currently sit below 500 in 11th place in the Eastern Conference. They're 6-4 and four of their last 10, which isn't bad, but... We all know the crowds in New York can be very hostile. And Julius Randle was giving the crowd a thumbs down. The Knicks, their fans have been suffering for a long time. They've not really been good since the year 2000. You know, they had a few runs with Kamar Anthony and they had Lin Sanity, but they've never been serious. But Julius Randle told the fans to shut up. He told the fans, get off his back. And this is despite, you know, RJ Barrett hitting a game winner, et cetera, et cetera. The league fined Julius Randle $25,000 for egregious, profane language, even though he put an apology on Instagram. Mm. Tom Thibodeau said, Julius had a bad day at work. And that's to put it lightly. Mm. Now, BJ, you've played at Madison Square Garden. You've played against the fans in New York. You've played in front of the home fans, primarily in Chicago, where you spent quite a big chunk of your career. Now, fans can get very passionate. What's your take on Julius Randle getting, let's say, emotional about the fans booing him? 
What's your take? This is a very tricky, tricky slope he's on right now, Mo. And I'm very concerned because these fans are not only, in my humble opinion, the greatest fans. Everyone claims they have the greatest fans. Truth be told, it's the New York Knicks fans. They're the most knowledgeable. They are passionate. They're loud. They're obnoxious. And what I love about the Knicks fans, it's never personal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I love the Knicks fans. I love the Knicks fans because they'll call you every name in the book. But after the game, they'll be like, hey, Mo, I love your game. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about the Knicks fans more than any other fan. They're, it's never personal with them. You know, they they show up, they root for their team no matter what. They can talk about the Knicks, but you and I, we can't talk about the Knicks. <laughs> and they love their team, okay? Mm-hmm. They love their team. And I can't think, Mo, of a better place, a louder place, a more obnoxious place to be good and win. And my next life, Mo, I want to come back as Derek Jeter and play my entire career in front of the New York fan base and win, of course. <laughs> of I course. Can't. Of course, because of course. unlike Derek Jeter, unlike Derek Jeter, well, actually, the Knicks did win last night, but Julius Randle. Yes. Let's talk about yeah, it. Julius Randle. Let's, yeah, let's talk, talk about, about Julius. Let's talk about now, Julius Randle. Talk about it. One from seven from the field, zero from three from downtown, zero free throws attempted, Finishes the game with two points. Now, this is a man who was an all-star, who was an all-NBA player, who was the most improved. Are we going to start doing an award for the most unimproved player? Because I think Julius Randle will be in a running for it this season. Well, uh, Mo, when you talk that talk, you better walk that walk now. Mm. You better walk it now. Now, what was said was said. The New York fans base... They, to me, are the most knowledgeable fans in the league. In the league. So my question to you, Mo, right here, I'm going to ask the hoop genius. If the league did not find Julius Randle, would he have apologized on Instagram? BJ, we live in a world now where I don't know if you see it in American sports, but over here, Premier League players... We have damn players in the Premier League that apologize on Instagram every time they lose a game. They they write a note in their in their notes app on their phone, and they write an apology for lo- not not even offending the fans. They write apologies for just losing the game. But no, I don't think that you know had the league find him or someone from the Knicks PR department told him, Julius, man, you messed up. You need to go say sorry to these fans. They're gonna eat you alive. I don't know. I don't think that it would have even crossed his mind because. He was clearly very frustrated to be saying what he said. I, I put it nicely. I censored it for the podcast. But also, look at the apology that he sent. I understand my actions, represent this league, this organization, and the city. And I should have handled things differently on Thursday night and expressed myself with more professionalism and more appropriate language in the heat of the moment. My comment was an example of how sometimes you say things you regret to people you love even if it comes from a place of passion and deep love. Now, does that sound like a Julius Randle apology or the PR person wrote the apology for him? I don't know, Mo, but I'm, all I'm saying is this. There's only one way out of this one, Mo. Just win, baby. Win some games. 
win some games. Mo, Mo, just win because I think they play the Dallas Mavericks coming up here real soon. Mm. Okay. This, this building, Madison Square Garden, is going to be rocking. Yep. You got Luca the Don coming in town. Yep. And you have Porzingis mm. coming in town. And that's and big. Because that, the Knicks big. fans and boo Porzingis every time he's in the building. I think they'll okay, boo him okay. for the rest of his life. He can be retired. Now, his son can be in the NBA and they will still boo him. But the Mavs, they're Mo, hot right now. Six game win streak. Now, two points, Mo. That fan base is going to say, okay. Because you know, Mo, what's going to happen with a loss and two points. Mm. You know the pins are sharp and the pin is mightier than the sword. So I hope, I hope that I'm wrong here, Mo. But I don't think this is going to turn out well in New York City. Mm, It's interesting. It's interesting, especially with the trade deadline coming up soon. Yes. But there's another power forward in the Eastern mm. Conference, also Ooh. very unhappy with his team. Wait a minute. Mo, Mo. Do I sense lemon pepper wings? You do indeed. I thought you were going to say a disturbance in the force because you was rocking with the lightsaber <laughs> before the other. You guys didn't know BJ's got a real life lightsaber. This is a different <laughs> level. <laughs> I thought you were about to say you sense a disturbance in the force. But you see when, when Yoda can sense the disturbance in the force, that's like me when I can smell wings being cooked. Because we're going to head down to the ATL to talk about this one. Man, it's 7.30 in the morning. I'm out here thinking about chicken wings. We're going to head down to the ATL. <laughs> I would, I would just say I'm a wholesome brother. If yes. Pepper wings is all I'm thinking about when we talk about Atlanta. I think I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Hawks. That was funny, bro. <laughs> we're gonna talk about the Atlanta Hawks, who much like the New York Knicks, they were in the playoffs. They were they were not even in the playoffs. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals last season. Now they're currently sitting again, just like last time we spoke about them. Still. In 12th position, they're three and seven over the last 10. They've lost their last two and they look awful. They look absolutely terrible. And one John Collins, shout out to my guy, John, is unhappy with how things are. He's unhappy after signing that $125 million deal last summer. Oh, wow. That he's not getting the touches that he thinks he deserves. That, that he says the Hawks aren't playing a team style of basketball. BJ, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, Mo, I, I, I get it. I, I get it. Everyone wants to get touches. I get it, Mo. And yeah. You'd think they would draw him up a play or two per game, you know, well, given well, that he's he's their second best player. You know, he's getting paid all of that money. And may I add, he's outside of Trey Young, he's the probably the most versatile scorer on the roster. He can shoot the ball. He can score on the inside. He could finish off the lobs. Like, I think John Collins is a very underrated player in this league. Okay. All right, Mo. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask permission to tell it like I see it. And I'm going to ask permission to tell it how it is. You, you never need permission. You go through, yeah, man. Yeah, well, you got you to ask because 
I have an appreciation for these players. I have an appreciation. And the appreciation is bad teams want touches. Good teams, the Warriors, the Suns, they want to defend and get stops. Mm. It seems to be something lost in the translation on how to become a good team. Okay? Now, I watch the Atlanta Hawks play the other night versus the L.A. Lakers. They're missing perhaps their best player, Anthony Davis, right now. Give or take. All right? Street clothes. Yes. I watched the Atlanta Hawks give up 134 points to the L.A. Lakers. Now, I wouldn't say the L.A. Lakers right now, they are the Brooklyn Nets. They are the Golden State Warriors. They are the Phoenix Suns or, you know, a three-point shooting team like the Utah Jazz. I watched the L.A. Lakers score 134 points. And and Avery Bradley dropped 21 of them. I thought it was back <laughs> in 2013, and I was watching prime Avery Bradley because he didn't okay. even score that many points then. Now, now, Mo, I watched this game. I just happened to watch this game because I thought it was a must game for the Atlanta Hawks, a place where they can turn it around, beat the Lakers, then play the Clippers. They gave up 134 points, Mo. Malik Monk has about 28 or 29 points. LeBron James has 30-something points. Our good friend Avery Bradley has 21 points. Shouts to AB. THT comes off the bench, has about 20, 21 points. Melo's cooking. And then... I started watching the Atlanta Hawks. I said, this team is very talented, right? You know, they got Trey Young, John Collins, Bogdanovich, you know, Capella, you know, my man, you know, Red Velvet, Herder over there. Yeah. Gallinari's back. And something's not right. Now, it's obvious to me what's going on with this team. It has nothing to do with their offense. It's all defense. Defense. It's all defense. Yeah. So John Collins, you can, you can demand more touches. You guys scored 118 points yourself. That's more than enough points to win a game. Mm. But to give up 134 points. Okay. My to man, the Lakers. To the Lakers. To the Lakers. That's, that's just effort and energy. That's a gut check from the team and say the following. We got to hold ourselves accountable here to defend. Mm-hmm. This isn't an offense, a, a offensive thing. This isn't, oh, I need more touches team. You know, I watched him in that game. I don't remember him having one assist that entire game. Mo, you can look it up. He finished with zero. Stats. He finished with zero. So, Mo, this isn't about touches. This is about good old-fashioned effort and energy. No, and it starts with Trey Young. I want. Uh, I want to say. Yeah, it starts I was. With Trey I was Young. about to. I, I was, was about say, to. Say, I want to start with Trey Young. It begins with your best player. With the best player, and Trey Young is the best player, and Trey Young's defense. Okay, he gives up twenty-one points. Trey Young's what? No disrespect. So, no disrespect to Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley is a is a is a terrific terrific you, player. You said you said Trey Young's what? Defense. It's Trey Young's what? <laughs> You're saying something, but I'm not. I'm not understanding. 
I don't think I've ever heard of this. Trey Young's Trey Young gave up 21 yeah. points <laughs> to, to Avery, Avery Bradley. <laughs> okay. Avery's not the first or second or third option in this offense. <laughs> He's not an option in the Lakers offense. Okay. Now that's where it starts. So I would hope that John Collins, because he's a terrific player, he's a terrific young player, and I think he has a chance to be an all-star someday. The Atlanta Hawks reached a level last year that I, I, I don't think anyone expected them to reach, and now they are dealing with the expectations of the fan base and the critics. Yeah. And right now they are really failing miserably well, because right now they're not playing well. It's especially on the defensive end when you watch them. Well, what's interesting is they kind of defied expectations. All right, they beat the Knicks in the first round. I think a lot of people expected that. But the unexpected one was beating the Hawk, the Sixers in the second Sixers, round. Right. Now, a lot of that was down to the whole issue with Ben Simmons. Now, the idea that's been reported by Shams and a lot of other play, uh, reporters around the league yesterday is swapping Joe Collins and Ben Simmons mm. because the Hawks mm. really lack a defensive presence of the ca- caliber mm. of Ben Simmons. And on, on the offensive side, I know they're putting up points, but they really lack playmaking outside of Trey Young. So anytime Trey Young's doubled. So when it gets to, not the game against the Lakers, but when they're in close game situations and teams really key in on Trey Young, it's a problem for them as well. Even though the offense might look, you know, we're, we're talking about them playing against the Lakers defense, they're putting up 120. Cool. And then for the Philadelphia 76ers, John Collins can space the floor better than Ben Simmons can. He can play in that little dead dunker spot. They can get some higher low action going with, with Joel Embiid. Adds a nice dimension to that team. And it's more importantly, I don't know if you're going to get a better player than John Collins in return for Ben Simmons right now. So what are your thoughts on if those two were to be traded? Well, and, and, and being a little familiar with this league and not knowing what the Philadelphia 76ers are really thinking, right? I would be shocked if they traded him to the Atlanta Hawks yep. in the Eastern Conference. If they're going to trade him, they're going to get Trey Young back. They're going to get an all-star back mm-hmm. if they're going to trade uh, him in the conference. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm if, the, I in think the conference. Gonna, I think they're going to Sacramento as far away as possible. Okay. But if they're, if they're going to get a player like John Collins back, who could be an all-star in the future? He could be, but that's a big if. Then I think they're going to, you know, trade him or ship him off to the Western Conference where they only have to see him twice a year. Mm. That's what I think they're going to do. They they have the leverage. They have him under contract. And they're going to wait patiently. See, Mo, I think this is... They're making a statement, not only for the Sixers, but for the rest of the league. So I, I think this is a bigger issue than what we're what we're currently looking at. Oh, well, we're just going to give in and trade him. No, this player isn't up. His contract isn't up in a year or two. At some point here, the business of basketball has to make a stand. At some point. Now, you've seen a lot of players in the past move, and most of the time they move because they have the leverage. The leverage is, you know, they are, they're on the last year or two of a deal, which forces the team's hand. Well, this is not the case in this situation here. So I think the, I think 
the Sixers and the league, they are going to wait patiently until either the right deal, whatever that may be. I think it's a without question another all-star. Or they're going to wait and say, you know what? We'll wait till he comes back. I, I think that's what they're going to do. I don't see a team giving up an all-star for Ben Simmons. You know who I'd want? If I was the Sixers, I'd be ringing Sacramento and saying, give me Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton and then send Ben Simmons to what I describe as the gulag of the NBA. Great, great, great trade. That would be a great trade for the for, yep. for the Sacramento Kings. Yep. That'd be a great trade. Or even down I, don't, I don't see that happening. I, I, I don't know. They've got to do something. What I mean to say is that no one wants to play in Sacramento in terms of, uh, cool, Ben, you can do do what you're doing. We'll send you no to No one wants there. to play there until someone wants to play there. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone says they don't want to play ask you. Let me okay. ask you this. Let me ask you this. What yes. were you doing the last time the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs? Do you remember what life was like? That was Chris Webber in, in, in company, right? Yeah. That was Chris Webber. I was 12 years old. I'm yeah, a grown-ass man right now. Yeah, I was 12 years old the last time the Kings. Yeah, I, I think I, you know, when that was early 2000s, was that the early yeah, 2000s? I think 2006 was the last time they made the playoffs. Yeah, what was I doing? I was working in the front office for the yeah. Chicago Bulls. I was working there. And I've always thought Sacramento was a great basketball city. Mm, I've, just a bad I've team. always, yeah, I've always enjoyed, I enjoyed playing there. I enjoy they had the what the little cowbells or things they used to ring. <laughs> it was always a sold out building, and it always made for a great uh, West Coast trip. When I played, especially when I played in Chicago, when I played at Golden State, it was a nice drive up. You know, you just go north, mm-hmm. and so you know they've had some tough times, and you know it's easy to knock them now. It's easy, but I'm telling you what, they have a great fan base there. Yeah, shout that's out to the fans. Shout out to the that, fans. That's a, that's, that's a little gym up there. And they have a great arena. I was just about to say. The, yeah, it's called not like a the, good the, arena. The open top kind of bit on the concourse. It's, it's a great arena. They have a great fan base. Good food. It's a great city. It's a great city. Now, they haven't had the success for whatever the reason may be. <laughs> We need more time to talk about it than what we have here. <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot of opinions, and I know I have a lot. Yeah. But I'm telling you this. It's a little gym. And if you said you could start a franchise in a city with a fan base like that, because if you got to the playoffs there, do you know how loud it would be in that arena? Yeah, because they've not seen the playoffs. The, the last time they made and the playoffs, iPhones didn't even exist. Well, I would that that's a little hidden gem up there. I've seen the best of it. I've seen it play out where you know they have a little competition going, a little rivalry going with the with the Warriors. I've seen it at its height. I've seen them in the playoffs, and I know what that place could be. So while everyone else is saying the Kings, that would be a great place, Mo. Be a, okay. okay. Great. It'd be a great place. It remains place. to be seen. It remains oh, a great to be place. seen. I believe what I see. Listen, once again, we're running out of time, but I just want to say, hit us with your questions. We're going to answer some of your questions this week. 
We appreciate all of you guys locking in. Everyone who's been leaving reviews, leaving five stars, Spotify and Apple and all of them things there. We really appreciate you guys. Um, we hope you guys are enjoying the daily pods. Uh, so much of you guys have been showing us love, sending us messages, tweeting us, uh, right. sharing the podcast with your friends. Tomorrow, we're going to have to talk about one Mr. Damien Lillard and the situation going over there Ooh, in Portland. Mo, yeah. Mo, are we going to stay out west? To all my Kings fans, to all of our Kings fans, stand up. There's, there's, I, can, I can tell you this for a fact, BJ. There is only one Sacramento Kings fan that listens to this podcast. His name is Jack. And he wakes up Jack. every morning, every morning at seven o'clock in the morning. I look at Twitter and he's just angry. Every morning he's angry because he wakes up Jack on the show, checks his box, but you don't want to talk to Jack because he just shouts to to Jack. and rages. We'll bring him on for a Sacramento King special, maybe around the trade deadline if they make any moves. Oh, they're going to make some moves. <laughs> they're going to make some moves. <laughs> they have to. So, so his, his life just seems seems very stressful. Like my life as a Boston Celtics fan has been stressful, you know, this year, but his life has been stressful for his whole life. For his whole life. So, listen. I'm giving Jack love today. I'm giving Jack. Jack, if you're listening, reach out to us. It's all love. <laughs> it's all love, kid. It's all love here. The Kings it's lost by love. one last night, by the way, to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. The injury struck Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the, the Kings had a nice little run in the, in the fourth quarter, about midway through, where it looked like they could win the game. And then it fell apart. Um, and they ended up losing. So As they say, Mo, the Kings are going to King. Yeah, the Kings. Just after they lost to the Portland Trailblazers bench last night, the night before, sorry. It's tough. But anyway, thank you guys for rocking with us. What's not tough is hitting the subscribe button. So please do that. Keep enjoying the show. Send in your questions. If you want to send in your question, tweet me at the Hoop Genius on Twitter, at Hoop Genius on Twitter, or Hoop Genius Instagram page. Get your questions in. Later this week, we'll be answering some of your questions because we want to have a conversation with the fans. We want to talk to the fans of the league and, you know, see what you guys are thinking and answer some of your questions. So, BJ, thank you once again for blessing us with the wisdom. And until next time, unlike the Sacramento Kings, get buckets. <laughs>